Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Psalm 23, 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to begin with uh, sharing with you that uh, something that many of you guys know, there's lots of smart people in the world who uh, seriously believe that they can overcome uh, death, like they can overcome, you know, technology, any technological issue that we face in the 21st century. Um, so uh, many believe that, you know, if they work on it hard enough, they can overcome mortality and live forever. Uh, and maybe you don't believe that. Maybe you don't believe that in your mind. You wouldn't say that that's true, but maybe uh, you would acknowledge that we, we often live like that. We, we live in a way like we live, we act like we're going to live forever. Um, and we don't like to think about death. We don't like to think about death. Um, and here's the, here's, it's very interesting to me that modern people, most of us are afraid of death. We don't like to think about it. We don't like to talk about it. Um, it's very, uh, you know, it's, it's an unacceptable thing to talk about at dinner talk. Um, you, you, we, we don't like to, to, to talk about or think about death. But in ancient times, people were, were far less likely to be afraid of death than we are. Um, death was often accompanied by um, dancing and rejoicing and festivities. Um, and ancient people thought of death as the ultimate promotion. And uh, most of us are like, we don't want that promotion, right? We don't want that kind of promotion. And we don't feel like death is a promotion. We want to deny it and turn away from it. And because of that, we're unprepared for it when it happens. Today, in just a few minutes, we are going to witness together one of the ultimate ways that we prepare for death in this world. Um, We get ready for it. So... I want you to consider this first. So uh, <clears throat> those of us in our, our, our church family know my in-laws, super great, super great in-laws. Um, it used to be that we lived like two hours from them. Um, so when we would go to their house, it was, it was an experience. It was a thing. Um, and so based on our previous experience with them, what would often happen is they'd prepare for us to come there. So they would get all our favorite foods. Um, I get fruity pebbles in the morning. Um, all the all the favorite, all my favorite things, and all my kids' favorite things, and all my wife's favorite things. We would get all those things food-wise. Um, they'd have a room for us, pre- prepared for us, super nice, just laid out and made up bed, etc. They had, they they went out of their way to prepare a place for us when we when we get there. And I never had to do any dishes, and never have to make any food, and just woo, it's like super great, super great, awesome. Let me read this to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. My father's house has many rooms. I am going there to prepare a place for you. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. My father's house has many rooms. I am going there to prepare a place for you. If my human 
in-laws can prepare a super lovely experience that I get to go to over and over again that we love to be a part of, what in the world is Jesus Christ preparing for those who love him? He's had a while to prepare. Let me share this with you. Let me just... I just want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. If you believe that's true, if you believe that Jesus is preparing a place for you, even if you believe it a little bit, maybe, maybe we can reclaim the, the, the little bit of rejoicing that ancient people had around death, the ultimate promotion, the ultimate promotion. And if you believe that that's true, then, then don't fear death. Prepare for it. Get ready. Get ready. It's coming, so we should be ready. And Jesus told us how we should prepare for death. He said this. He said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So today, those of you guys know my friend Josiah. Josiah Klein is going to be baptized, which is super exciting. Um, so Josiah has been attending for, with us here for about a year. And honestly, he's been discipling others in what it looks like to follow Jesus for a, quite a long time. Um, and we could learn much from him about learning how to make disciples. So before he's baptized, I thought it might be cool if he would share a few words with you. Um, and he said he would. He said he felt like the Lord put something on his heart to share with you. So come on, come on up and then, uh, and then we'll head back. Do you need a mic stand? Do you, or, I mean, I'm, okay. Is this Is it? Yep. He's going to use that, uh, the handheld. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for the massive hype up, Daryl. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, no, in thinking about uh, getting baptized, uh, God has just placed a few things on my heart. Uh, I'm going to try to organize into words that are uh, comprehensible. Um, but uh, for those who don't know, um, a few weeks ago, I was in an uh, accident where I got uh, rear-ended by a double-hauler uh, gravel semi, and it kind of, uh, God has been using that to kind of just show me the value and fragility of our lives, and the lack of urgency that at least I was treating my faith with um, in like uh, as Daryl was saying I uh, help lead a youth ministry um, and one of the things that I was noticing uh, leading up to everything is like every week pretty much when I was like preparing the teaching I'd be getting here just like an hour early and uh reading my Bible, finding a spot. And that was the only time that I was, like, looking at the Word throughout the week. Um, And I feel like over this year, that's a pretty, over this past year, year and a half, that's a pretty uh, relatable experience of not uh, taking the time with God that we know is good for us. Um, And, yeah, so the things that are just on my heart are treating our relationship with Christ with urgency and surrendering our will to his. Um, in getting ready to get baptized this morning, I was 
going to read uh, about the crucifixion again. Um, but I got stuck in Jesus's prayer at Gethsemane. Um, for those uh, who are a little bit rusty on the story, pretty much Jesus is uh, praying right before he's delivered to, uh, right before he's betrayed by Judas and uh, delivered to Pilate. And one of the things, and the main thing he's praying is uh, that this cup before him, being the crucifixion, being all of that suffering, all that humiliation, be taken from him, but God's will be done. And he prays this twice. He prays it twice where he's like, I don't want to do this, but your will is higher. And that's the Christian walk, is we're fallen, very fallen. (laughs) I don't want to remind any of you of that. But we got to surrender, and we have to take we have to take up our cross, and we need to follow Christ and follow His will. And for me, uh, what baptism is is taking uh, taking more urgency and laying down my will and taking up Christ's. Um, and that's my prayer for us, uh, all of us as individuals, as this congregation as the global Christian church is there are a lot of ways that we have uh, come to prioritize our will to God's, our thoughts, our beliefs to God's, and that's not best. We're foolish. We're fallen. And God has us. God loves us. So let's walk in that love and let's Let's love Christ with all that we have. Yeah. Thank you. Let's, let's pray together. So with that, yeah. Uh, dear Father, thank you for Josiah's confession and desire to live for your will, not his. And I thank you for his inspiration to all of us. I pray that we would follow him as he follows Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. So when I, when I started this series, um, I, I brought up to some of you guys, um, I was in the elders meeting with Michael and Rex, and we were sitting there, um, and I was just saying to them, listen, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where we're, where this, where we're headed as a church, and I just I'm, it's really struggling, feeling like a failure, just not knowing what to do. And I poured out my heart to them. And then I had all these ideas about what we would do next. And um, one of our elders, Michael, he said, whoa, 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 hold on. Before we start rolling out all these ideas, why don't we just wait, sit, wait on the Lord. And he's right. It's a great moment. It's a great moment in So we started going through this series together, seeking the Lord. Lord, what do you want from us? I feel like I'm doing all the things. I feel like I'm killing myself trying to. Some of you that are part of our church family, maybe you feel like that. You feel like you're doing all the things. Um, We came back to one of our our elder meetings 
And Rex brought up this. He brought up this, and I thought it's, it's a great point. All this COVID and mask wearing and politics stuff, and you know, be, that, all that stuff rises to the front of our conversations. In church world, in all our worlds, it rises to the front of our conversations. It's easy to forget, but he said, he said listen, what we need to be about is one thing. One thing. You just saw it, right? We need to be about one thing. Making disciples one thing. And, and, and you might, we might have to talk about masks or we might have to talk about social distancing, but that's like a side thing to the one thing. And, and shame, shame, shame on me for allowing the, conver- the biggest conversation to, to be going on in my mind and with us is mask wearing and social distancing and blah. So let me, let, me, let me confess this to you. Over and over again in, G, in my life, Jesus has to bring me to the end of myself. Over and over and over again, which is you would think that you'd be like, okay, you would get this by now, right? You, you get it. I've wrestled and fought and did everything I can and to solve this ache in my heart or to solve this thing I'm trying to face or solve this, you know, to, to bring our church to what I want. I exhausted myself, beat up by life. And it's then that Jesus steps in and says, okay, now we can begin. Now we can start this party. So I've shared this story with you guys before, but it's relevant today. So if you have heard it already, bear with me. So I share with you guys, I have this friend named Leanne. And at one time she was a lifeguard. So she was, um, while she was lifeguarding, uh, she told us once a man uh, was drowning at the beach that she was, she, was, uh, she was lifeguarding at. So she springs into action and begins to swim out to him. And as she gets closer, it becomes really clear that this man is the is a big dude, like 250 pounds. Leanne might, might, might be 120. So like more than twice what she weighs. And when she gets to this man, he reaches out, her, out to her and grabs her. And it's, it's like he's, he's trying to get on her shoulders or something. And he is clawing and grabbing and he's, I mean, just crazy. Just crazy. And she's trying to, every time she gets a breath, she say, calm down, calm down, calm down. And he won't calm down. So she puts her foot on him and kicks him away from her. Which I think is just brilliant. Just a brilliant picture. And if you're watching, you're like, that lifeguard just kicked that dude. And then she sits there in front of him treading water. Calm, at peace, and he's losing his mind. And she just waits. She waits until he can't do anything else except drown. And then she goes in and saves his life. Brings him to the beach. The Lord constantly has this with me, constantly. I've told you guys that when I went into marriage thinking that I knew everything, I know everything there is to know about marriage and I'm gonna show you guys how it's done. And the Lord says, I'm gonna beat the crap out of you. <laughs> and then you're gonna be like, okay, 
I'm willing to listen to you. I'm willing to do it your way. And you would think that that's enough in my life to say, okay, now I get it. I need to do things the Lord's way in everything I approach. But I showed up at this church, I'm like, you guys, I'm about to show y'all how to do church. And God's like, go ahead. Knock yourself out. And once I've exhausted myself, and he quietly comes in and takes over. Each week when we take communion together, it's a moment where we can come to the end of ourselves. We can say, I've went this week fighting hard like a beast to stay above water and life has come and beat me down so very hard. So, and, and sometimes it feels like life has just sat on your chest and is punching you in the face. Communion is about tagging out and admitting I've come to the end of myself. I've come to the end of what I can do. Jesus, you must take over. Reminding ourselves that our whole lives are supposed to be like that, surrender to him. Like Josiah was talking about, the whole lives, you wake up. What if every day we wake up, and it's, it's, instead of having to get beat down into surrendering, you just start with a surrender. Start with a surrender at the, at the beginning of the day. Start with, a, okay, not my will, your will be done. What if we started with that? That's why every morning I want to get up and come to the end of myself immediately. And let Jesus Christ restore my soul. Restoring my soul sounds so sweet. So let me read this to you. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I got everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Two things. I think it's interesting that verse 2 says, makes me. (laughs) Very often, the way that Jesus makes me lie down as green pastures is that he has to let me exhaust myself doing things my way. Let me go through the pain of realizing I can't do this. And then he leaves me beside quiet waters. And then he restores my soul. Other versions of this, of this, that verse three says this, he refreshes and restores my soul. He renews my life. He keeps me alive. He restores my inner person. He revives my life. He restores my life. He makes me whole again. He resurrects my soul after I've killed it. In church history, often there is a place in the church building called the altar. And at the end of the the worship service, what would happen is that people would come to the altar and they would admit, hey, I've come to the end of myself. Hey, I've I've train wrecked my life. Hey, I've been trying to do my life on my own and I want to turn my life over to Christ. Um, And and they would would come to the altar and, and pray and and people from the church family would come alongside them, help them. Communion is a kind, of, a, a kind of altar in our minds and in our hearts that we can come to and say, okay, I'm done. 
We're going to spend some time coming to him, telling him we're giving up on running our own lives and we need his help. And if you, if you need help during this time of communion, uh, there'll be a few of our church leaders at the back of the room who'd love to talk to you about baptism like Josiah just did, or we'd love to talk to you about taking your next steps with Christ. We'd love to talk to you and pray with you about coming to the end of yourself. Let's pray together, spend some time taking communion together, and if we can be of help to you, come to the back room and talk with us. We'd love to pray. Let's pray together now. Dear Father, I need your help um, coming to the end of myself without having to go through the pain of fighting a battle on my own all week. But at the very, very least, I pray that when we take communion together, it's my admittance, it's my willingness to say, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. I don't got the strength to make it happen. I don't have the strength to make it right. I don't have the strength to do this right. I don't have the strength to do my, to do this church right or or my marriage right or be a father right or be a friend right. I don't have the strength to do any of those right. And and I need you. I don't have the strength to get up out of my bed right without you. And so I just pray that in this time of communion that all of us would be willing to admit that. Be willing to turn ourselves over to you. And I pray that as a church family, if, if there's any of us who need help making moves like that, or would just like to be prayed for. I pray that you would uh, you help us to seek that out. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.
know and have full confidence that God is with you, watching every step you take, guiding you by his spirit, giving you exactly what you need to get through each day. And if there are agonies this week, may you be full of confidence that these trials are helping us gain an eternal glory that is so much greater than our troubles. So do not give up. Take your cues from who you are and what you're worth from him. You're dismissed. Thanks for being here. Be sure to uh, congratulate our new brother in Christ, uh, Josiah Klein. Have a great day, guys. I think it wash away my sin. I think it wash away my sin. I think it wash away my sin. Nothing. Nothing but the blood of Jesus And nothing can make the devil run Nothing can make the devil run Nothing can make the devil run Nothing, nothing Nothing but the blood of Jesus Nothing can bring Peace with God, nothing can bring me peace with God, nothing can bring me peace with God, nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing can lead me to your throne. Nothing can lead me to your throne. Nothing, nothing. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.